I'm ready to go. I, Danny, I, you know, you're you're recording, so <laughs> ready to go. Oh, yep, yep. I'm ready to go. Okay, well, welcome to the High Republic. We are here. Woo! We're queer. We here. We're Woo! ready to yep, talk about sure the high times and the low times and the low times. I am Supreme Chancellor Danny, and I'm joined today by Grand Jedi Master Meg. What's up? And slightly less grand Jedi Master Saf. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and today we are talking full spoilers because all three of us have read it in its entirety from start yeah, to finish. All of it. <laughs> Into the yeah, Dark by Claudia Gray. And I think we're excited to get into this one. Yeah. So, I am, yeah. All right. As per our modus operandi on this here second spinoff series of Rogue Quadrant, yeah. this is a casual conversation without notes. And so we will begin discussing. And then when we're done, we will stop. That's how it works here. Great. Those are the ground rules. We're all on the same page. Can I just say that I love that Rogue Padron has front door pilots (laughs) because it's just us doing spinoff shows. (laughs) None of this, we have to usher a character in so that they could do a show. We're like, no, we're just going to do another show. We're just going to do it because we feel like it. We're just giving it another name so we can justify why we're doing it. (laughs) And we're yeah. doing it a little bit differently. We, we right? want to do the same shit with the same people, but you right. know, it doesn't quite this... follow our formula from before. So we'll just give it a different name. Right. This one doesn't have show notes. Podgalorian had a cowboy accent. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Very different. You never know what we're going to do next. <laughs> we never know what we're going to do next. Truly. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> and that's why it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> The galaxy is at peace, ruled by the Glorious Republic and protected by the noble and wise Jedi Knights. This is the era of the High Republic. Well, speaking of never knowing what we're going to do next, Into the Dark. Yeah. That... Let's start with which character resonated with you the most. I like Ola. Yeah. Yeah. Ola's cool. I would say I am. Huh? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I like for me, Wreath had the most re- hashtag relatable um instances uh both from like the funny kind of like loose parts where he's like frontier is just another word for bugs in your socks (laughs) um and like to like more seriousness um and so I think wreath was like the most relatable uh but I I just man I love most people in this book a lot I, I, I felt a lot for um, Comac. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was another yeah. one where I felt like I strongly identified um, with both his like kind of doubt um, and then the suppression of it and then <laughs> yep. having it become worse later. 
Um, I liked him and Ola a lot. Yeah, like their the relationship dynamic. was really good. Yeah, right from the start when they first meet each other and just kind of stare at each other, I was like, oh no, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite is obviously Geode. I love yeah, Geode! I freaking love Geode. Um, but also, I think my favorite speaking character was Leox. Leox! Leox is great. This yeah. is a vessel, this is a vessel fan cast, uh, fan yeah. quadrin. Yeah, I mean that um, that trio, that so is that the is moment a he show said, um, the making right there. <laughs> when he was like gold. the vessel called vessel, I was like, that is exactly what I would <laughs> call my you your pets. <laughs> it's the sound of my method. It's how I name my nephew. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I call my sister sister, yeah. like pets and family um, members. It yeah, both both Leox as an individual and the vessel reminded me a lot of the Ruthless and the Dragon Prince um, and Vilas, <laughs> just in the way that they're like <laughs> fucking ridiculous and you're not sure if you could take them seriously, but then they come through, they're great, but like, you're still like, what are you? What's What's your what? Why? what is this? <laughs> all of this. Yeah. 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 Okay. Was- so basically we liked all the characters once yeah. again um let's before we kind of get into the the higher publicness of it let's just real quick because because i think we've all have we all read all of claudia gray's titles there are five of yes. them now and there are and, five wait every bloodline them all she did lost stuff yeah. yeah leia princess of what alderaan else? oh yeah, yeah i read that master and apprentice i did not oh read yeah master and apprentice. i didn't finish that okay and then this one, and and like this one definitely was the most unique, I would say, and and pr- part of it is just because of the setting in the higher public. But but I just like I was asking our patrons earlier today, like how do you rank these? Because I don't think I can't. Like they're all just they're all just slam dunks of books, like in their own ways. Yeah, yeah, they're they, all just their own thing. Like she might be the most consistent. Well, freed too, I guess. We we have yeah. our we have our faves. What can we say? <laughs> right. Yeah, she is like you know what you're getting when you get a. Yeah. Great book. Cl- solid characters for sure yeah 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 and there was some like there was a like connection to bloodline in this yeah the maxine yeah station the warriors. yeah they were yeah were they warriors from like an ancient race in bloodline that's kind of what their deal was yeah and yeah. like somebody was trying to like kind of recreate it as yeah a thing. like early first order stuff yeah yeah yeah. Which was like linked to the outer reaches of space or whatever the hell it's called. Where the station? Ah, the, the Claudia Gray verse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put it on a station. <laughs> <laughs> what we are your characters the doing? They're going to a station. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there, I mean, that really was the plot of the book, right? The yeah. characters go to a station, a horror movie happens, they come back home, and then they decide they actually they should go back, back again. to the station, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which like it was it was great. It was it was a character piece. Like it wasn't really about the plot. No, the like <laughs> the plot does did not really matter right. in this book so far as it was a device to one, introduce like the Dengreer, um, and like here's more background information on these Jedi. Uh, like it really wasn't about <laughs> right anything else, right? Because it's kind of a zero sum in the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Yeah. Um, one thing I did like about it is the con- constant reference to like dark side trees. 
one reason I really like that is because um in Red Harvest there's like stuff about horse sensitive plants. So I was like, Red Harvest could still be canon. Oh, yeah, you and Red Harvest. I I mean I thought it was bold of Claudia to introduce sentient rocks and sentient plants in the same novel, but also uh-huh. like I'm fully on board with both. And yeah, yeah. I. I was honestly kind of disappointed. I, I was kind of hoping, here we go with the spoilers. I was kind of hoping that the very last scene where they cut to the Nile, um, I was kind of hoping that like the the end line of the book was going to be that they'd agreed to team up with the Dengreer, Dengreer you know, and sort of join forces, um, which That's they'd kind of alluded to earlier in the book. And of course that didn't happen, but I was like, I want to see these plants some more. Like they are, I'm maybe more scared of them than the Nile at this I point. I mean, I think they, I think we are going to see them, right? Like I, I hope think- so. I think they wouldn't have been in this book and we wouldn't have gotten like the the backstory with like them on their planet mm-hmm. and like mm. what they're trying to do. And also we got the concept art of them. And so I feel like True. they're probably going oh, to shit, be- totally did. Um, because like, so I, it reminded me a lot, like these three factions, a lot of like the last couple seasons of Stargate SG-1 in which like- <laughs> You have Earth, right? I was thinking of which, Pirates of the Caribbean, which is funny that, you know, you didn't go there right. and I didn't go there, you know. <laughs> right. But, like, you have, like, Earth, which would be, like, the Jedi, right? The ones yeah. we're rooting for, we relate to the most, right? And then, like, the Nihil, I don't know how to pronounce it, whatever. Um, like, they are the Gauld yeah. in the way that, like, they've always been, like, kind of the big bad, but, like, you can deal with them. They're still kind of on the same level. Yeah. Like, they're not so far advanced that you can't deal with them. But then, like, the Ori come in, and you are they're just like, what the <laughs> fuck is the Ori? Because it's, like, this <laughs> religious, they have powers they do not understand. Um, and then, so, like, yeah, the Earth kind of gets together with some of the Gaul in order to take down the Ori, because, like, what the fuck? I'd rather just fight and enemy is my enemy. Yeah. This. Yeah. Right. And I really feel like the let's take out that third enemy be... so we can get back to our war, which was much right. more enjoyable than whatever they're about to rain down. <laughs> right. Because like, I, because like, I feel like the Dengar are going to be that like they're OP. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that like <laughs> you can just the fact that you could just like cut them in half and then there's just two of them and you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like worms. And it's like with the lightsaber, right? And so it's kind of like, that's kind of the thing that Jedi do is cut things down with lightsabers. <laughs> but it's not a good idea because now you just got more angry yeah. trees that refer to you as meat. So like... Well, I want to see, I mean, I don't, I, I shudder. I, I, I'm sorry to utter the, the YV word on this podcast, but they're as close to the Yuzhong Vong as we've ever gotten, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and canon, but, yeah. But even then, the Vong were still, I feel like, more killable than... <laughs> you could cut them down. The, the Dengri are. So yeah. it's like, ooh. And they they were unknown, but like, I don't know. Like the Dengri, because we have this background of them being so ancient as well, yeah. right? That they And the, the knowledge that they are the ones to take down the um, Maxine is just kind of like, <laughs> anything that can take down the Maxine is scary. Right. Yeah. Cause they were supposed to be like the best war makers. And then now nah, these trees were just like, we ate them all. <laughs> it's like um, evil, like, evil shit. tree beard. 
yeah. which like you know if you're saruman you know you don't want to be on treebeard's bad side like, right like no, like what? regular ends bad right. enough like powerful enough now they have the dark side infused right. in their roots now they're going to eat us excuse yeah. me and just like the image of like sentient trees slowly marching towards you all utter like muttering meat meat not great don't want that those people arrive there and then and they're like meets back on the menu boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how much did the how much did the denker make you think of wolf 359 oh so much it's like i just have <laughs> like, to definitely make honestly, <laughs> as soon as they like saw the um as soon as they're like oh it's a station in the middle of nowhere and orbiting this this <laughs> this like dying star and i was like well 359 suddenly and so whenever exactly like anything narrating the story <laughs> yeah and whenever anything happened that was like slightly like well 359 i was like okay all right <laughs> um so yeah the trees did that for me yeah um... it was yeah it was there was a there was a lot of character stuff in the book, which is unfortunate because I for, I constantly forget everyone's name, despite loving Jorah. Mally, thank you. I cannot for the life of me remember her name. Like I got I've gotten to Jorah now, which is great because that's better than yeah, where that's I was enough. previously. Like that's enough. But then, Ray, I'm like, yeah, Jorah Lucasfilm, We are getting on our knees, begging you, please put character lists at the beginning of these books. Please, please. do a dramatic persona, please. We don't know who these people are. With the X-wing are. books, this right. is yeah, much look, more difficult. If, if if like Stackpole can do it, surely you can too. Please. Please. Like, I need, I need it so bad. And, like, we knew 50% of those characters already. Right. But, yeah. like, these are and all still, <laughs> And still, I could not do it. Right. Like, god damn it. Like, Orla, I remember Orla. Orla. Mm -hmm. And, like, what is it, Cormac? Cormac. Cormac. So close. Like, I know I, I love know. those I I kept calling him Cormac, and I'm like, it's not yeah. Cormac, it's Cormac. <laughs> it's not Cormac. <laughs> like, I read this book, and I love these characters, and they it. I'm like, their names again hmm. heath with an r like yeah. <laughs> that's how i remembered it too i was like oh wreath that's funny uh, i was thinking christmas wreath without a w <laughs> oh yeah that also makes sense <laughs> oh i really like this book um because it was just i saw someone on twitter referred to as a haunted house and i'm like yeah it, it really was <laughs> there's like trap doors and like yeah. secret codes and uh little robots who attack you um like this would have made a good game yeah yeah i can see this as like a, a like a like kind of a horror game right yeah yeah um, yeah and i really like this kind of uh perspective of the the Jedi and that like both in this I don't know about Light of the Jedi because I haven't read it but like both in mm. this and in um Test, Test of, of Courage um we get the the story told like we get the inner workings of each of the characters it's not like we're just really with one narrator or with just like a like a single omniscient narrator um, and so like we get the the inner thoughts of everybody and like we get the doubts of everybody, um, which I think was really important. Um, and I like that for like once, uh, Claudia, <laughs> Claudia 
I mean, besides, I think, Bloodline, but, like, the fact that there were both, like, adolescents and adults in this book, like, both in the role as, like, Jedi and both in the role as, like, pilot with, like, between Affy um, and Leox, like, I really like that you could get all of their thoughts and kind of see the difference in it um and like have that background I think especially for like Orla and Comac um to where like you know 25 years earlier is when they went on this like first adventure right when they were like closer to Reef's age and skill level um and like what they thought and how they still at like 25 years later carry those same doubts and those same questions um, and how that one mission affected their entire path as a Jedi um, and how they view both the force and being a Jedi. Um, and I just, I really love that all of these people like, you know, are so like good and like righteous, even when they doubt what the Jedi Council is telling them. And I forget who says it, it might've been Orla um, or Comac. Uh, no, I think it was Orla who says that like, if the force tells her to do one thing that the Jedi tell her not to do, then it's not the force that's wrong, right? It's the Jedi order that's incorrect and not flexible and- um, No, it is the children who are wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and like Comac talking about how like making such a stark division between light and dark is actually making things worse um, and like makes the force more difficult to understand and like potentially more harmful. And even the fact that he shared that with Wreath at the end, I thought was amazing um, because it's like, this 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 17 year old soft boy <laughs> who just went through all of this and is like doubting uh just lost his master and was just like i'm gonna follow the rules even more now um and then he hears the the jedi that he asks to be his new master be like i don't know if this is correct <laughs> i was about to eat myself out of here actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um that was boy. so relatable too. Like when Reef's reaction yeah. is is like, okay, so clearly the problem is me, and I'm not following the rules hard enough. Right. So I need to become right. even more. I mean, it's kind of dark in a way. Like it, yeah. it's it's that cult mentality, right? Not not to bring everything back to cults again, but we, but somehow we got to do it. Seems to be our thing lately. <laughs> but like that cult mentality of like I'm the problem because everyone right. around me like is accepting the and like even Comac, who's very openly questioning a lot of these things, like it was such a shock mm -hmm. to his system when he learned that like, oh, you're questioning these things. And Comac's right. like, I wasn't even being subtle about it. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> yeah. and like, also Wreath also just saying like, I never considered that. And like, yeah. not necessarily like pushing back too much, but just being like, I don't know. I'm a yeah, Padawan. Just, uh, you can do that? <laughs> you can right. just leave? Right. But then also, you know, um, Orla, you know, when she realizes like the doubts that Comac has, um, right, she kind of thinks to herself, like, what if I had known this 25 years ago, right, mm -hmm. or earlier, right, to know that I'm not alone, feeling kind of lost in the Jedi Order. And I think like, you know, that's, that's part of like what Comac is getting at, where it's like, you have to 
be able to talk about these things. Like you can't just say that like, oh, well that's not of the Jedi count. Like that's not the Jedi way. So therefore we're not going to talk about it. And like Wreath, you got to talk about it. Like you got to, you got to talk about these issues as they come up and your doubts <laughs> as they come up, because that's the only way you can actually work through them and process them. Like, it's not like trust Comac who's been fucking stuck with it for a long time. Yeah. Like you can't just just hold on to it. Like that's, you're not going to get past it. Um, Do you think Claudia Gray just decided to write an AU Obi-Wan and Anakin where Anakin had a mentor that actually like openly shared his feelings about the Jedi order? It kind of feels like it. I mean, I kind of got the vibe of um, Obi-Wan, like, when, um... Ah, uh, Matt, that's not his name. The, his master? Um, yeah, his master dies. And, like, he's, like, um... Talking about how, like, he should feel, like, happy that his master joined the Force and all right. that shit. Yeah. He's, like, all I feel is sorrow. Like, I just feel intense sorrow. Right. And, and like- I was, like... The way oh, that's himself. probably exactly how obi-wan felt when qui-gon died was right. that, like that was what i the first thing i thought when i read that yeah right and like the way he blames himself like also because he's like i didn't you know warn my master to be careful because like his harness isn't like the harnesses in the ship aren't made for his body um yes he blames or, himself for it right like he blames himself in these really mundane kind of ways where it's like you can see like how obi-wan could do the same because of the way that they're separated in the force field yeah that like, like he didn't, I run didn't fast make it enough, through the field right? fast enough yeah yeah, yeah. like, like these very, small things i think that's I think that's partly why I liked him so much was he did give me very strong like younger yeah. Obi-Wan vibes, um, which I didn't realize until you said that. Well, and he, even, he still like had Anakin, though. He still had <laughs> enough. just talk about this. <laughs> he had enough emotional intelligence to recognize even when that was happening. Like, yeah, I feel sorrow yeah. and I should be, be allowed to feel sorrow. And like, here I am. I'm not even in a, the Jedi order. And like, I feel sorrow when I tell myself that's wrong and try to shut it, you know? Right. Like, so like, right. that's a sign of strength, I think. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, Wreath is not like Anakin though. Um, right. And like, <laughs> no. and like Wreath, and that's the thing, like, it's so sad at the end. And I'm really glad he's going to go with Comac, who's going to be like, no, that's not how we do, that's not how we're going to do this. Because like, when he like doubles down on like being the best Jedi possible, right? Like, in the beginning, he talks about how, you know, he, either him or Master Jor- Jorla is talking about like, it's not that he's as naturally gifted but like he makes up for it in just grinding and just like working fucking hard and i'm just yeah. like oh. i think it's Jorah at the start is like yeah he he does things that are like more he's he's more not talented because it's not natural but like he's more skilled at so many things in the force because he's worked at it hard than people who like have the natural talent actually get yeah because they don't do that Right, like what he lacked in natural strength in the force, which he'd been keenly aware of since he was hardly more than a toddler, he made up for it by working hard, being trustworthy and taking responsibility. And so he's been given all of this extra independence, these extra like important assignments so much earlier because he's like, I gotta, I gotta prove my worth um, because I can't just like, zoop, like all my force powers. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, I feel so sweet, baby. I he's so he's so sweet, and like he's still so like 
he just wants to be with his books in the archive. Yeah. Um, and he's like so excited when he learns something new <laughs> and he can't break himself to flunk a test on purpose. I love that little detail. I, when he first, um, like, when he first like gets assigned to the mission, he sees Cormac there, Cormac. Yeah. And I'm like the entire time, I'm like, you know, he's a folklorist. You know, he likes this stuff too. Learn from him. Like ask him how he does it so you can do it too. And he like, yeah. it doesn't connect to him at first. And I'm just yeah. like, bro, he's bro, shy. it's right there. You can he's take advantage boy. of this. <laughs> he really is. Yeah. Um, uh, it's so, it's so good. And then like the juxtaposition of him and Des both being, um Jorla's Padawans um was like really good <laughs> yeah I mean like, that that was so cool because that's a relationship we really haven't seen before mm-hmm. is like Padawans who share a master or who have you know one has come before the other and, and I mean it was the the dynamic of them being like basically opposites in all ways was kind of fun especially because yeah, then also- like at the end Dex's response to everything was to he did he they both had the same response of like leaning more into it and right. Dex is going to go off and do that and Re- versus Reef, who's now going to probably become a little more adventurous by spending time with Comac, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that also gave me Obi-Wan vibes. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's a kind of a thing in um, the Jedi Apprentice books is Qui-Gon's mm. previous Padawan was like kind of the opposite of Obi-Wan. And then that failed and he was like, well, I'm going to go for the opposite of that now. <laughs> Maybe that was <laughs> like, you know, he was more like, he was more like, I'm not going to have a Padawan. And everyone's like, yes, you are. <laughs> it's going to be it's me. me. It's me. Um, Here I am. I really love, I really, really love like Jedi, like master and apprentice and Padawan like relationships, which you don't get as much of, obviously, <laughs> later on in books, because a lot of them are dead. Not um, many Padawans so, like, in Jedi. <laughs> yeah, there's not really many Padawans later on. Um, I really appreciate that this era kind of gives us more space for that because it's one thing I really I like. Say we've already Jedi. seen so it's many so pairs and so many different types of relationships mm-hmm. with them, which is which is cool. Um, when I first started reading this book, I didn't because I don't read about things before they come out, so I didn't know when this was set. And so at first, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna have like." Jorah is going to have a nice adventure with her Padawan wreath. And then they started doing my Starlight Beacon. And I was like, well, okay, this can't be that close to Starlight Beacon because she's in it. And then she heads off on her own. And then she they're and I was like, it's fine. It's going to be fine. And then they're in hyperspace and stuff. So that's going wrong. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to end very badly. <laughs> I was not prepared for that when I went into this. And maybe I should have been, but I sure was not. Yeah. I mean, so once again, I think all three of these books really are happening simultaneously, which is, yeah, we, you know, we saw the, the big event, the, the catastrophe or whatever from three different perspectives. The and it was cool to run. get like, yeah, it's the one. And it was cool to get the perspective of someone who, you know, the, the pilots flew a ship that was from sort of the same fleet mm-hmm. and that the, um, what's her face's mentor was, you know, possibly on that ship at the time that it happened. As soon as like she starts worrying about her being on the ship i was like obviously not because she's like the leader of the organization and she would have been mentioned in light of the jedi, of the she jedi was on yeah. that ship yeah, yeah. yeah like and then i briefly was like wait was the captain saying that and i was like no no it wasn't i don't remember what it was but i remember her not being a leader of an organization because she was very cool and i wish that captain had a whole book about her yeah because she was really cool um yeah i because you know i'm really picky with books right like it's 
it's rare a Star Wars book like Star Wars books come out and they give me like that feeling of like joy and everything in the mm. same way that reading through all of the old Republic books did um but this this era is really hidden there for me and I think it's because it has a lot of similar things to like the older eras is like it's more hopeful and there's more things they can experiment with and the Jedi more in their prime um that kind of stuff like I didn't expect it to be as much like this but I'm really happy it is Right. Like, I think these books have been, like, really well character focused. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've been... Well, I would say the two that you've read have been very well yeah, character. I feel like Light of the Jedi which... was much more sort of like world building. It did have a lot of character stuff, but yeah, it wasn't as deep the character focused it was more fo- it was more character focused <laughs> in that it would make you attached to a character oh i hate that instantly. um yeah <laughs> those first two chapters were wild right um i'll probably just listen to the podcast um, <laughs> but like yeah and and there's just so much room for like nuance um and like introspection and like feeling that you didn't really get in like legends uh like post return of the jedi legends um Mm. right because we were so focused on like you know the we still got to take care of the empire or like han luke and leia and we already had these preconceived notions of like who they are what they believe in like how they're going to act but like these are all new people to us and like we don't have all these expectations on them um which i think is really refreshing um uh especially with like you know i don't want to fucking read a book about thrawn (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh but like we're gonna get some thrawn ancestors in these books eventually and it's all gonna be over for us at that point (laughs) i going to be so mad um but like it it and it just it allows you to also just have a wider range of characters um in like any capacity and um have us care about them and have them be different than like what we think people in the galaxy are like during the modern Star Wars timeline, like even from prequel all the way through the sequel trilogy, right? Um, it's just, it can be totally different. And like with with that allowance, like they have been like very casually incorporating like good things and new things to Star Wars, um, right? Like even just like hey here's these here's these queens um for yeah these gay queens yeah and we're like great and like just me because they're like (laughs) they were like the queen consort who was married to the queen and i was like huh she's a lady oh (laughs) (laughs) um and they're really going they're really just like yeah these characters are just gay super casual doesn't fucking matter and we talked um, about that light of the jedi same thing happened in like, light of the jedi yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the 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 like some of los antiguos ancestors were just husbands right M- much like this podcast the queer relationships in the higher public are very casual right we're just like is it's fine um <laughs> and 
And so one of the things that I really appreciated in this book, um, like, especially like through Wreath is him and like the, and like both Comac and Orla, um, like noticing him and Nan like flirting, except he's also being like, I'm not flirting, I'm just teaching. <laughs> Which I know the <laughs> At first shit. when he's like, when she's like, can you show me your lightsaber? And he's like, I'm not allowed. And he's like, could show but then everyone would think I'm flirting <laughs> right and like I just it was so and like the him thinking about these things and that like Master Jorla has like a 25 minute speech prepared on like the nuances and the differences between like love romance and attachment a casual is, like, hookup Right, and I'm like, where's that speech? Someone write that speech. Yeah, um, we need to see that. Someone we all, write we that all need that speech. Um, but like, just that he is, he is, and like both the masters are like constantly thinking about this of like, and it's not like he's missing out. Like he doesn't feel like longing to like be like, oh, I want a smoocher or anything like that. It's just like, he's like, I don't want to give her the wrong idea. I think she's cool and lovely and I like talking to her. And like, that's it. But also I mean, like, fine. he kind of wants to give her the wrong idea because he wants to flirt with her, like just below right, the surface. A little bit. But <laughs> he's Cause he's like, I, I, want her to think I maybe, cool. I maybe took it too far. I, I like, I, I know she's into me. Like, I maybe yeah. taking this a little I, I too want far. Her, I want her to think I'm impressive, and that the Jedi are also impressive, but right. also mainly Padawan Wreath Salus is impressive. But also, not <laughs> yeah. the wrong idea. But also, maybe she could get One a thing, little bit of the wrong like, idea. Right at the start, when um, not right at the start, but like when Effie and Wreath are kind of talking, she's like, "Tell me about the Jedi." And he's telling me about the Jedi. She's like, "What? You don't have six? And I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> Yeah, and that's where he's all like, right. <laughs> just and he has this. He's like, uh, I can give the speech, or yeah, basically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was also like, I was not prepared for her to straight up say that. I was just like, like, I don't think Star Wars ever explicitly just said just straight sex. up said sex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's the, I, mean, the closest, <laughs> I mean, the first like close six scene we had, I guess, was in Lost Stars. Yeah. Mm. Which I was like, at the time, I was like, whoa. So Claudia Grace is like, yes, let's Race put six in yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> well, I mean, just answering the questions the fans have had for, you know. Right. From the very beginning yeah. is, right. how did the Pretty Jedi good. do it? When did the Jedi right. do it? I need to right. know for reasons. Right. I need to know for uh, reasons, not my fan fiction reasons at all. Right. <laughs> but it's just like, basically. Like, if and you then, um, have to say yes and then, at this point. Uh... Oh my god, what's his name? The guy. The ship guy. Leox, thank you. Okay. I keep wanting to call him the Lorax. Let he's like, <laughs> and he's like, whoa, 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 I shouldn't be throwing my sticks in front of you. She's like, bro, I heard about it before you. And he's like, okay, as long as you tell your mom that. <laughs> right, it's not me. It wasn't me. me. dude. Well, okay, now that we're on the subject of well, Let's Leox. talk about Leox, yeah. I All right, Leox, fucking time. love Leox Gyasi. He, he's Jason Momoa. Like walking down the ramp, unbuttoned shirt, a bunch of beads around his neck, bronzed skin. He's and like, just, you know I'm sexy. I know that you're having thoughts about me. Is, you know what? It don't matter because I don't want to do it with you. Right. He is 420 blazed it. <laughs> like, just like people are like, does he want a hug? <laughs> like, he's just, 
like yeah. constantly welcome constantly to the vessel like <laughs> hang dude's having the best time we're yeah. definitely shipping drugs right now but just don't ask you we're not gonna talk They're about medicinal. it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah medicinal. it's fine uh but like the fact that leox who in any other instance of this kind of character appearing would be like the player like charming kind of guy is the one who is i have been born blessedly free of the passionate (laughs) fevers that seize so many beings he leaned back in the pilot seat apparently he'd modified it to reserve as a recliner (laughs) one amazing who among us great but uh don't fall asleep on me kindle um i possess no desire to reproduce nor and more to the point any desire to perform the actions of reproduction with no generative goal in mind um and afi's like you don't have sex (laughs) (laughs) he's like i've tried it out not an unpleasant practice to be sure but in my case it's not an imperative for which i've always been grateful seems to free up the mind and so far as i can judge the minds of other beings certainly frees up a whole lot of time and i relish the knowledge that i am the ultimate fulfillment of my ancestral line the point to which all their striving led meg what? i feel Boys, like you just ace. need to copy pasta that entire passage and put it in all your online dating profiles yes. and like you're good <laughs> Yes. Yeah. This, they took, they took the, they took the hot, the slightly high all the time, like playboy with the Mardi Gras beads um, and made him the ace, like explicitly ace non-Jedi character. Right. Which is amazing. it's easy to make like Jedi, like Arrow Ace because they're not supposed to have those relationships anyway. But then you take this person who is a stereotype of like, I'm just gonna fuck around and see what happens because I have no attachments, I don't really care. Um, and then make him be like, it's fun, uh, but like I got stuff to do and um, I don't really wanna have kids uh, Even then it doesn't really seem like he's like, it's fun. He's like, it's all right. Right, like it's, it's I tried fine. It out yeah it's fine like if it makes you happy i'll I'll do it i guess someone like like if i was if i cared about someone and they really wanted to like yeah of course i'd like go along with it because i get to spend time with them and if that's how we're gonna spend time together but i'm like i got a business to do i got some spice to inhale the whole like Like, yeah i I have a rock to hang out with like yeah when he's like like his his like perspective model is very similar to my own right and like as an ace character, like when he first got introduced, I would not have expected him to be the ace character, right. obviously. But having a character that is totally not like, I don't know, robotic yes! or whatever, yes. or like obviously celibate, like it's good. Like I didn't expect, like, because I knew Claudia Gray was going to have an ace right. character in his book. And then I totally forgot about I it. I think it'd be right? one of the Jedi the because that's the easy yeah, way yeah. to do it. Yep. But she actually did something interesting. Right. And it's like, this is. This and it wasn't is... even The Rock. Right. Like the yeah. rock. Oh my god, it could have easily been the rock. Geode's the partier. Oh yeah, like, Geode is yeah. like Geode's the real woman. Like, Geode's the, the wild one. <laughs> Geode's the wild one. Yeah. He's the one who's out all night at the clubs. Like so. But, okay, well, yeah. Finish talking about this, then we'll talk about Geode because I got thoughts but, about Geode. <laughs> yeah, but like, like this is such a refreshing view of Ace Rep because it is not that like i am touch repulsed i am sex repulsed i have never tried it i'm not interested in like 
relationships. I don't have feelings, which is like what you see in a lot of like ace or I have trauma that like has made it mm. so like I'm not interested, which like are all valid like reasons and ways to be ace, but like this is just as valid and you never get to see this like in media where it's just like, tried it, I don't really care about it. I have other things to do. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah. that is that is amazing because like, it makes it so it's not, a, it's not a big deal. And it makes sex not like a huge fucking deal because like in, in most cultures on the, the planet earth, um, especially like Western ones um, or like any ones that were steeped in like Christianity or whiteness or whatever, um right there's this idea that like sex is so important sex is cannot be removed from love or romance and it's just like or feelings right if you're not you if you don't want to have sex with someone you love then you don't have feelings you can't actually love them and it's like no you see that he deeply cares about geode and about affy like yeah. that's not in question at all um it's just that like this physical act and not give a shit that's amazing that's like that's such wonderful and refreshing and like really positive like ace rep because it makes it just really normal and like not a big deal if you also feel that way um so yeah Which like so number nice. one leox giasi fan over here like i fucking love that guy um i'm gonna i want to go like do some spice and uh just hang out uh we'll like i don't know like we'll make up like a like a pyramid scheme or something like i'm open i just whatever it's called denial yeah <laughs> <Unfortunately>. <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh man this sucks <sighs> so yeah. geode geode <laughs> geode great okay totally so good. definitely like at first i was like cool we've got a sentient rock that's new and then about halfway through the book, when like like Wreath was not registering anything with Geode, I was beginning to think, is this just like a giant prank that Leox is playing <laughs> on him? Because like I would have thought like Wreath would have like felt something in the force around this rock if it's sentient. And it's like there was nothing was registering there. Like Wreath would just be like, okay, I guess the rock is here too. <laughs> and, but but then, if, then at the end of they have they have like their moment together and like he does register so it wasn't a prank like geode's a real legit sentient rock being which right. is just great but I, so the the comparison just coming back to it is um i don't know are either of you parks and rec fans yeah yes yeah so so ben wyatt looking at lil sebastian <laughs> everyone else in the town is just like lil sebastian is the fucking best and he's like and ben is like it what it like it's it's just a rock right like you're just you're just standing next to a rock and everyone's like no can't you see like he's he's the life of the party it's geode <laughs> it's a rock <laughs> it's a rock and then you have a moment and you're like oh, oh i get it now oh yeah and like <laughs> i i really love then like wreath does kind of explain it like in his mind is that like he can connect in a way that he's just never tried to connect, right? It's a being that he's never felt in the force before and therefore did not know what it felt like. Mm -hmm. But then after you've spent time with like murderous, like force trees and like, you have to open yourself up more, right? Cause it's not just 
these are the Jedi teachings are just what the Jedi know. And so if it's like if they've never met beings like Geode, why would they teach you to be like these are also things that exist and yeah. like things you can reach in the force in different ways? Yeah. Yeah, they just don't know. Yeah. And I just love the way that she wrote him too, because like we never got anything from his POV. Like we never really yeah. heard. Like it was very obvious that Geode was communicating with Alfie, 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 and and Leox. But like we never heard. But it was just like Geode would never let her hear the end of it. Like it's right. like they just have this really vibrant relationship. We never see it. It's just so funny to me. <laughs> it's so funny. And then just like, even even in the times of like great distress, right? Like after Affie finds out about her mom and the endangered servants and stuff, like- yeah. The only bad stuff. And she's clinging to Geode crying and she's, and like, there's a line about how she could feel like his sympathy, his silent sympathy. And it's like, of course it's silent like, but he is, he is quite literally and figuratively the rock um, on the vessel. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's amazing. What an amazing. If we character. ever see Geode on screen, like there is no other choice but to have Dwayne voice him, right? Like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Obviously. I will lose it if I ever see. It's just big ass <laughs> I mean, it would be great if we ever did see Geo on screen because, like, Geo wouldn't say anything or do anything, but no. they would still have to credit Dwayne the Rock Johnson in the credits for having played right, Geode. right. <laughs> and like, yeah, we got uh, we hired Dwayne the Rock Johnson to just move the rock around on set. Like we did, you never actually uh... see him. <laughs> like the Geo handler, but he's the Geo handler. He's, he's um, he he's wearing like. There's lots of behind Arboretum. the scenes photos yeah. of him like carrying this giant rock or like taking selfies with the rock. <laughs> and then like him, him and Geode like with shots of his tequila, like <laughs> the spice together. They're clubbing. Yeah. Geode took him out as favorite spots. Oh God. Um, yeah. Just what a what a delightful like. I read like zero books uh, during the entirety of quarantine in the year 2020. Yeah. Um, but now I've already read three Star Wars books, uh, but I read this book in a week, which hasn't happened since I commuted three hours a day and would read <laughs> on the subway. Um, so like, that's a testament to just like how enjoyable this book was um that like i got through it in a week <laughs> that's <laughs> unheard of i have a manga i haven't even finished um you know in that time span and i fucking love manga wow this got <laughs> so, read before the manga it did there's your yeah. review yeah so like this is this was just a really like heartwarming book um and just for anybody who is interested in like any kind of like force philosophy stuff like it's so good mm -hmm. um to hear about right i'm um, so glad the jedi are good in this like yeah i love the jedi but without like can without legends like the jedi and canon are just like 
at their point of being fuckwits, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, but I love the Jedi, but I cannot point to anything in canon that makes them good. Now you can! <laughs> now I can! I've got that back now. Like, yeah. none of it's on the like, same level as, like, Night Errant or, like, uh, Fatal Alliance or whatever. And I don't know yeah. if we ever get stuff like that because that's kind of wild and out there. Um, but it's, like, got the same vibe, which is yeah. just... Mm, love that vibe. This is why I got through the, the prequel... Well, the, the, the earlier um, Legend stuff easier yeah. than the later Legend stuff because there's just good Jedi shit everywhere. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's... Ugh, it's good. People should read this book. Um, People should. I mean, if if for nothing else, for Geode. Like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it's we're not intrigued by Geode at this point, like, I don't... Yeah. It's just... The... Just the way that he is written and like this inter the way that he's written without with only being written about from other people's perspectives is just amazing and yet he is still a full-fledged character yeah and that's ridiculous that's fucking ridiculous <laughs> he's, he's straight a- up rock he's a boulder body yeah. <laughs> agree it's just like yeah i'm gonna do that and also, there are some trees here. And it's yep. just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the Force, well, not the Force. The the galaxy does some wild shit that yeah. I'm glad we're getting. Yeah, it's fun. Like, it's it's really fun that, like, this is some weird-ass stuff happening. <laughs> yeah. What um, do you, what do you like, think that we're setting up for with this? Or what are you hoping to see in the future High Republic books that sort of are connected to what we saw here? Besides, mm-hmm. obviously, more of the... The vessel trio. Oh, the vessel. I unfortunately like everything I could say is just me wanting stuff from Legends to be true with the small hints that we get from this. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, oh, we have we have force plants now. I know what we could do with that. <laughs> um, all this this entire High Republic initiative is just setting up the universe so that they can recanonize that one book, <laughs> the Red Harvest. <laughs> so that Red Harvest, can the be Red canonized. Harvest Initiative. <laughs> See, if I was involved in Star Wars <laughs> writing, that, if I was that's in that why you're not in five different publishing lines and like 30 this different authors. So we can make this I'd be there in the background like the board. Set, like, zombies. This is, set, all zombies. this is how it all connects to Red Harvest. <laughs> what if the Acolyte is just a TV adaptation of Red Harvest? I would love, I mean, it, it very easily could be with that name. I'm just yeah. saying. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm worried because uh <laughs> as you should be yeah because, as, like the theme with all of these is that it's gonna right, get worse right because like phase like the so far the two books i've read of phase one both ended with different parts of the nihil being like we're gonna fuck up those jedi <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> yeah they hate the jedi now no because now i have now i have this bowl full of jedi that i really love and i don't want you to hurt and them. also a rock also also a rock and an ace like surfer boy and like the best most righteous child there ever was yeah um and i I don't, Please don't hurt them. No, don't like it. Like, listen, Master Skier. I know not in this book, but Master Skier already lost an arm, and I'm like, don't you fucking kill him. If at some point they announce like Alex Frieda's writing one of these books, I'm gonna be like, oh fuck, okay, yep, here out. it comes. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, like, that'll be what? That'll be it. What? No, 
No. He can't. Not allowed. No, he can't because there's no way for him to get Hazram Namir in this book. So, like, he can't. <laughs> oh, you he know can't. me. Namir's like great, great, great grandfather or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another Namir. Just. <laughs> I'd be so, I'd be so mad. Um, but, like, I'm. Because this is, this is phase one, right? Like, this is, mm-hmm. these are all of. I am, I'm worried about phase two. Because <laughs> these are these three phases. Yeah, always be worried about that middle phase. I think uh, is although I, we, it, it's kind of like oh, the pre trilogy. Really I'm works. most worried about phase three. Phase three is where we really should be worried. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the thing is that like we know that the Jedi Council survives as as an establishment, but they they go pretty. The Jedi Council we see in the prequels feels very different from the mm-hmm. Jedi that we see here. Yeah. We're going to um, see the slow decline of them heading towards it, and it's going to fucking and, hurt. Well, and Maggie missed this, but we did see the seeds of this in Light of the Jedi, and specifically the council members that were already on, that were that we know from the prequels, were the ones that were advocating, like, yes, let's go to war against the Nile. No! So, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yuri Poof! Ransistus and Yarl Poof are like already Fuck, there. I've got they're gonna drag in this. the rest of the Jedi Council down is with Yer- them. Is Yuriel Poof a warmonger? Yeah, yes. he is. He's one of the yeah. shitty Jedi, unfortunately. War crimes. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't have expected it, but he is. And it, that in that way, like th- this book was a little bit depressing to me in that like hearing about Comac and Wreath and seeing them have like these really big Right. Problems with the Jedi Order and, and thinking like, well, you know, great. Maybe they can affect some change and the Order will change. Uh, nope. Nope. That's not what's going to happen. They're all going to <laughs> die. And it, it makes me think about like, the institutions in my life that I'm like trying to affect change in and just feeling like I'm just one person who's. Danny, please don't. Please okay, don't sorry. talk about Danny, don't make it about real life. life. We're not doing that right now. We're not doing that. That, that stays. It's Danny, out of Star Wars. Danny, I work in DEI. I know, Meg. I'm sorry. <laughs> Danny, I work in game dev. <laughs> but yeah, like we know that it doesn't go well. Yeah. For these like very complex, like righteous, soul searching Jedi that we have already gotten very attached to. Yeah, they're the and ones that, that are we... going to get shouted over by it. Warmonger Yariel. I can't. That motherfucker! I am so <laughs> that long-necked fuck. Yeah, in, in episode one, he, his neck is swaying back and forth as he's gently contemplating, you know, all all the great things that he's done to extinguish the great voices of the Jedi over the last two centuries. God damn it! You you know what you know what those two like hidden arms are hiding? He's like a fucking AK forty-seven, like underneath his. Oh robe. yeah, he's <laughs> like pro gun rights. <laughs> The long neck is actually like the the nozzle of a bazooka right behind. It. I know say I Star just Wars, did Star the Wars nozzle. Would if someone had a gun, but Yarlapoof did have a gun. Right, like listen, people people gave Mace Windu shit for being like, maybe we should just assassinate Duke. Mace Windu was right. I'm just putting it out there. Mace Windu was Mace right. Mace Windu was right. Yeah. Like if so, they had just killed him, right. life would have gone a lot better. But he's so his his like transgressions like nothing compared to Yariel fucking poof and Oppo Rincis's Yaddle would be 
pissed. Did oh anyone God, have so Rogue Quadrant completely turn Zaniariel Poof on their 2021 bingo cards? Because it just happened. <laughs> I sure didn't. <laughs> but it's happened. It's because Yaddle's still like below. And yeah. so she's yeah. not there to be like, this is a bad idea. I would what lose my absolute mind story? if Yaddle turned up in this. Oh my she, gosh. I feel like she has to. Yeah. She has to. Oh my God. Um, Last night she... when I was talking to Damon about something <laughs> and Damon said some shit about like Yaddle being evil. I was like, Yaddle! A hero. No. And like Yaddle, Yaddle would be the perfect person to kind of like be not like a leader, but like a someone to look to for all of the Jedi that are like the council. I have some problems with it, but like I do still want to serve the force and the light side. Um, because like Yaddle understands the nuances between those two things. Which one was Yaddle in the Force Awakens or Attack of the Clones? No, no, the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. <laughs> okay, yeah, because it would make sense that, like, near the end of it, she maybe gets on the council, try and, like, sway it back to the good stuff. And then she gets pushed out. Yeah, she's like the, she's like the last voice of reason on the Jedi Council before they go yeah. full in on the Clone Wars. And it would make sense yeah, for and her then Yoda to like, kicks... turn up in the later books. And then Yoda and Yoru Poof fucking kick her out. Yep. Yeah. Fucking bastards! I can't believe this. Yeah. I, it's gonna be so funny <laughs> if that actually if we get Yaddle doing that. Report and right once again. Maybe um, Yaddle is the acolyte. Shit, I would love that. That would be they great. Should do that. They should do that. <laughs> should absolutely do that. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, all we know that it's about the forest and it's like woman led. Yeah. So far, check and check. Yaddle. Yaddle, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Please. Oh All right, well, God. any other thoughts about Into the Dark by Claudia Gray? Um, I think um, it was good to have Claudia Gray do one of these early books because she is great at character work. And yeah. we need to be investing in these characters for this era to work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially, yeah, because it's all new. We don't know any of these people and the ones that we do know disappointed us um yeah i'm so mad about that but like yeah that i i'm really glad that she got to have a book that had such a wide range of jedi in it um at like different points in their like jedi careers mm-hmm. um and yeah i just i think this was a great book like don't think too much about the plot or like why um but like it's such it's such a good book to like really get a feel for the jedi council and the jedi um in this in this universe and like what they're going to be dealing with in the next round of of engagements yeah sure yeah solid one of the solid starts Mm mm-hmm I feel like every book so far has been a... I mean, I've read two. <laughs> the two I've read have been a solid start, and it sounds like Test of Courage was as well. Great. It was great. Yeah. It was really yeah. good. Well, and I mean, I think that bodes well, because it, it seems like maybe the way they're going is that the middle grade books are all kind of connect together. The YAs will all connect together, the adults. Will, so, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice that that for those three series that we're now kind of starting, they've all started off strong. And and I I mean, I, I'm the one who's read, I read all three, and I'm, I'm very much invested in all three. So, yeah. you know... <laughs> And and the the connections between them are fun and not 
not weighing it down in any sort of way at this point. Yeah, like you don't like reading either Light of the Jedi or Into the Darkness. Um, like you, if you haven't read the other one, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which is nice. So like, even if you you don't have to, so far you don't have to like read every book to understand what's happening. And I hope they keep that going. Yeah. yeah, and it didn't feel redundant either. Like we were seeing the same events in these two books that, but it didn't feel redundant. You see, see, like no, two yeah, they're so far yeah. apart that yeah. like, um, right? There, the overlap is really just like the events themselves, and then at the end, all th- like all three of these books, like I guess apparently in uh, the first one, whatever, Light of the Force, um, they kind of all end with with starlight beacon yeah right yeah and so like now it like they're all in the same jumping point for like the next what's going to happen next and so like when you see them come together it's fun when you've read all of the books because then you're just like oh oh they mentioned this oh they mentioned this <laughs> um and but like yeah like i don't feel like i'm really missing anything important by not having read light of the jedi um and i wasn't confused by test of courage which skips the um initial um what explosion is, what call them? the legacy run legacy the, run disaster yeah, right it's already happened right um and and so like i still they still gave me enough information to know that this was a thing that happened and it was bad um and then but like i wasn't confused about the state of the galaxy and came in in that in-between and then still ended up at Starlight Beacon and it was fine. Like it, it didn't feel like anything was missing or anything was confusing. Um, so yeah. they've done like a really good job of making sure you can understand all of these things mm-hmm. over three entirely different books. And like, that is so impressive yep. when you think about like legends <laughs> yeah, you can tell how much collaboration there is in this. And you can't even get some authors to like acknowledge each other's characters. So, <laughs> 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 yeah, you can really like the 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 collaboration in this is really clear, which is really cool. Yeah. Um <laughs> the solidity of these. Like yeah. you can tell they built on a foundation, which right. is nice. Right. They yeah. had they had it all planned out first like they had an outline and they were like okay who would be best right what are the strengths of people like and I'm sure things changed and were edited but like they had I they have a direction they have a beginning middle and end already sorted and therefore it can make sense and hopefully like I really I'm not worried that there are going to be like drastic changes to the way characters are like Mm -hmm. between the books right (laughs) um right like i'm not like which one of the big three is going to be properly characterized in this book (laughs) Um, right like i i trust that like the 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 people who are working on the new republic and keeping it all together and keeping it on track like want that consistency through everybody's work um and i think the authors that they've gotten so far um like i do trust with star star wars so far as i've seen that in their work 
whatever like the movies are doing the publishing side of star wars is doing like really pulling their weight they're doing a lot of good shit which is really good to see like they're blasting out of the water with like the the queer characters they're like giving us solid character stories Mm -hmm. um like as much as they can they're bridging gaps between things i mean obviously the sequel trilogy had its own issues with like revealing information stuff but like everything even if i haven't i mean ignoring lords of the sith everything they've come out with um like and I guess Eight of the Jedi, I didn't read I, that. I will um, ignore Lords of the Sith. It's very easy to ignore Lords of the Sith. <laughs> yeah. I forgot Which about it. I only briefly <laughs> remembered because I was talking to some people about queer characters. And, they're like, and I was like, yeah, the first one Tack was, it. oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we, we ignore Lords of the Sith and ignoring Eight of the Jedi. Like, the publishing side of Star Wars has just been, like, really just doing its best and just rocking it. It's oppressive. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm Real glad to see them all kind of like come together for this. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, I just we kind of we kind of veered, but I wanted to ask, what do you think is the end game for Starlight Beacon? Because that is a big centerpiece of these books that oh, definitely is not there anymore by the time we get to the present day. That's a really good question. I have the bad feeling uh-huh. that a lot of the jetty that we really like are going to end up blowing it up loading in the general region of starlight like, beacon after destroying it, blows up. it uh either to prevent someone else from taking over it or to just it's the best strategic move uh because like the nihil are in the general area or like I like I I think it's definitely going to get destroyed but I I unfortunately think that the Jedi are going to do it themselves. Yeah, that's I, an interesting uh, I'm I feeling that it's destruction that, is going to it's destruction is going to kind of push the Jedi that last little bit into yeah. like being entirely entwined in the republic. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's going to be kind of in that like rogue Jedi situation Mm -hmm. um, where they are doing the will of the force, but it's not the will of the council. Um, And like, is that where kind of the sternness of like the Jedi way that we kind of see in, in the prequel era is going to like really come in, right? They're really gonna like batten down the hatches on like, you're a Jedi, which means you have to follow the goddamn Jedi rules. You're a knight of the Republic. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. You're not a servant of the light. You're a knight of the, you're a Jedi knight of the new, Rep- of, not the new, of the Republic. Yeah. And so it's just like, <laughs> mm. um, so it's, I, I, I think we're definitely feeling, building towards something big with Starlight Beacon. Yeah. yeah I have absolutely. a feeling it's going to be big. It's going to be some of the people that we already love um, yeah. doing it. And like, we've already seen how willing a lot of them are to sacrifice. Um, and I'm, I'm so worried. <laughs> yeah, something they've really built into these early Jedi is like, they're so compassionate and they care so much about saving lives that they are totally willing to sacrifice themselves, which is great. It's great when you get attached to them. It's, it's great. It's fine. Yep. This is why you can't get attachment. No attachment. This, this, this is why. Yeah. This is why. <laughs> no attachment. But like Reef is a baby boy, <laughs> and he no. and he hates bugs and tries hard. <laughs> and like I can't. 
Oh man. Keep him safe. <laughs> All right. Well, we are we are of course super grateful to Disney Lucasfilm Publishing who uh, got us some copies of this to to read yes. so that we could talk about it. So thanks as always for hooking us up. And everyone else should go buy it. So they'll hook us up again in the future and yeah. can they can attribute all their sales to us, you know? Yeah. Workbot did it. Yeah. It's, it's us. Yeah. What can't we do? <laughs> <laughs> we are we are the Jedi. We can make anything happen with the force by our side. Um, thanks you two for hanging out this evening. Always yeah. lovely to have cash cash chats about the Star Wars. Star Wars and war criminals. God damn it. I am so mad. I'm God never going to get over it. I'm never going to get over it. <laughs> Follow Rogue Potter and all the things. This from, from Rancisus, but you know. Right. I expect yeah, this from Oba Rancisus. His yeah. beard is terrifying, <laughs> but like <laughs> Yariel Poof. <laughs> have we seen any art of Yariel Poof during this area? Do we know that Yariel Poof doesn't yeah, have a beard he, himself um, right now? He does not. No, he doesn't. Okay. There is a picture of him in something in like one of the kids' things, I guess. Is I he capable of growing a beard? I don't know. I and seen would it grow the them. entire length of his neck if he did? Like all the way down, you like yeah. like hair all like there's stubble all the way down. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. No, just like one beard that dangles from his chin and dangles all the way. Kind of like a really long necktie. Oh, I see. Like a like a Fu Manchu, like it's just the really long. Yeah, yeah. That's hard. I don't like any permeation of him <laughs> growing hair. <laughs> I don't. And with that, <laughs> anyway, we are all the Republic. And then you all say nice. 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 <laughs> I've only done this once. Yes, I'm just like. You got uh, it. You did it. You nailed it. Uh, geode out. Geode out. <laughs> Geode out. <laughs> Fucking love Geode. Geode's so good. But I can't, I cannot believe that she's like, it's going to be a rock. And yeah. they're just like, all right. Great. Go. You're Claudia Gray. We'll let you do it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. She's like, you made me write Nash Windrider. You owe me this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>